everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host that's the it shouldn't be you shouldn't be allowed to have this much fun in a podcast studio on your own but the party boy music just does it for me for anybody too young to remember that was jackass's party boy music um is jackass considered vintage now maybe it is will it be on sky gold along with all those other replays oh matron and then jackass comes on but anyway, look, it's where a dude has rip-off clothes. You probably don't even know what rip-off clothes are if you're too young, but they had buttons down the side and the dude would go in and play a CD. You probably don't know what a CD is on a stereo. Probably don't know what that is. And he'd play it in a store to test it and then he'd rip off all his clothes and he'd be in the dip, which is very fitting because hopefully, like I am, you all are in the nip. Happy New Year, everybody. What a way to start it off. We're back. Back with a bang. Had a nice Christmas break, uh, as you can tell from the lack of podcastage. Uh, it was all go. But yeah, what a, what a way to bring in the new year with a win. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I need to remind people, but it's a winning in situation now. Uh, you know what that means. Uh, next week against the Bears at Lambeau Field, uh, if I'm not wrong. So, incredible. Sort of bringing up memories of the Dagger game when it was us or the Bears would get in. When was that? 2018 or something? Um, can't remember. It's great. It's good stuff. But oh my God, what a game. What a game. Um, So we're happy. Uh, I will address, will I do it now? Yes, let me address the Jair Alexander because it was itching to get on, in fact, and I wanted to get on and um, highlight some nonsense that was going on before the games. Now, it looks like it's, you know, 40-40-2020 vision, hindsight action after the game with the whole Jair Alexander. But let me address it. Should he have been suspended? Yes. What did he do to get suspended? Well, he wasn't the team captain. He went out for the coin toss and nearly botched the coin toss. And then he just acted weird after. Weird. I'm weird, right? But in a hopefully in a good way. Uh, but when you're going out, you're given these strange interviews after. Ugh. And the thing is, is here's a guy they were talking about oh how can you suspend them you know this is we need to win these games and okay we need other things to go our way and in hindsight again if you look at it you know the Steelers got the win which meant that we just need to win our last two games to get into the playoffs which is insane Um, I believe it was a winning in game last year wasn't it against the Lions and they dumped us out when Um, but again you look at that and go well do we want to get into the playoffs last year we were just that bad so Jordan Love, and there's a lot of talk, and we did it where you stack his numbers up against Aaron Rodgers and all that kind of jazz, but we find ourselves here. So people are looking at Jair Alexander going, oh, really? Really? Look, we've Justin Jefferson, and you, you want to bench your best player? Is he, though? I mean, his play has been suspect all year. His attitude has been increasingly strange. And then he goes out in the game when he's healthy and does this and gets suspended. Add to that, uh, Eric Stokes gets put on IOR with a hamstring, hamstring injury. So you're thinking, ugh, not not a great place to be, but who do we turf out there? Valentine and Ballantine and Scrallentine and Fallentine and anyone else that ends in Tyne. 
we throw them out there and they're doing our right job. Now I say all right because the defence still didn't cover itself in glory. And again, I'm excited, right? I was sitting in the podcast studio here. I'm laughing to myself at the party boy music. So my notes are a bit scatty. Uh, but I'll do what I always do. Sure, look, this is what you're here for, right? Happy New Year. First of Jan. I'll get down through my game notes. Um, but look, it started off anyway early on with Ballantyne getting his hands on Jefferson. But should Jair Alexander have been suspended? Yeah. You can't go against a team like this. Now, he might be acting out because... Barry's asking him to do things that he shouldn't do. And look, we've been here before. Do you remember Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith um, were that tandem? And then Preston Smith was asked to drop into coverage more, which he's been caught out on a couple of times this season. And his stats dropped. Zadarius looked like a world beater. And then it actually ended up the other way around, where Zadarius, after he got injured, got turfed and Preston Smith. But he came under an awful lot of fire for that. Um. And he had to come out all that time and say, well, look, this is what I'm being asked to do, so there's nothing I can do. Right, my stats aren't great, my sacks aren't great, um, my numbers aren't brilliant, but look, I just have to do what I have to do for the team. And we ended up keeping him. So is that the case? Is Jair Alexander going against his boss, if you will? And this isn't the only time. I mean, Dom Capers, when we had, we went over to Green Bay and we met Devon House. If anyone remembers him, House is in the house. And we had a private audience with him and he was quite clear. And he said that, look, an awful lot of these botched plays and all that comes from the defensive coordinator. So, yes, the defense looked bad and people are not covering themselves in glory. They're missing tackles, which I don't think is ever on the defensive coordinator. But they're playing soft. And again, in that Seattle game, he was saying they were baffled at the plays that were coming in. They just couldn't believe it. Now, uh, you do get dragged on social media if you're a defensive player and they see you playing poorly or playing soft coverage or whatever. But I think an awful lot of people are probably wise to the fact that it comes down to scheme. And it didn't help that Matt LaFleur came out and tried to defend Barry by saying, that's ah, a communication issue. The heartbreaking thing is, is maybe it was. And that's why Devondre Campbell said, well, screw you, I'm not doing this anymore. And gave us that great soundbite that I'm definitely going to add to the board. I don't want to talk about anything that I've said on the internet, which I think everybody out there wishes was the case. But yeah, look, he should have been suspended. You still, all right, you're not happy. But imagine we did that in air jobs. You know, you're not happy with your boss and then you decide, well, screw it, I'm just going to do what I want to do. It's only going to end the one way and you need to curb that. Goody has been, I, I love the way Goody's redeemed himself as well to the audience because uh, I put out on the group account, you know, what should the New Year's resolutions be for Mark Murphy, uh, Goody and LaFleur? And un- overwhelmingly it was, well, it's obviously sack Joe Barry. And second off, Goody, just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You know, just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing great. And it's incredible that he was being questioned at the beginning. Um, But again, I don't want to fall into that I told you so situation because you just know the I told you so uh, fans that wanted the team to fail are absolutely raging. (laughs) Absolutely raging right now. They're looking at Jordan Love going, oh, God damn it. You know, clutching onto their Aaron Rodgers jerseys. And they're kissing their Mike Holmgren signed pictures and saying, oh, God damn, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe we're good. What is this? Uh, smite me, my almighty smiter. But yeah, it's um, it's good that they reined it in because Gudekunst, one of his modus operandi at the beginning was, is just rein in any of this nonsense in the locker room. And he did. But let's have a look at the game. The Steelers win. And that means that if we win out, we get in. And... We know that in Packers Nation. If we're going to translate that into how we play, it means we're absolutely going to cock up this game. Um, And the Bears, 
I would say is, a, you know, we can say it's a trap game or whatever next week. But the Bears have actually been playing very good lately. And yes, they're in turmoil. And yes, we've beaten them before. And it's funny to say that they suck and all of these other narratives. But get don't get it twisted, if I may say so. Is that the Bears could come back and do something against us next week. And of course, why would they want to do it? Because they're the Bears and the divisional rivals. Why wouldn't you want to scupper um, your team? You know, they come up against the Falcons and beat them 37-17 this week. And the Bears are now 7-9. and nine. So, you know, where it seemed like they were lost, they're not that lost anymore. But anyway, this game started off pretty tetchy. Love overthrows. Player, he wasn't open anyway. Then he throws to Dobbs on third and seven. Dobbs drops it. And then the Vikings punt comes in. And it's the punter's longest punt of the season for 69 yards, which is incredibly sexy. We know this. Um, I think it came out officially at 68 yeah, so it wasn't that sexy. But it just, you know, it's one of those games you have to win. And going away to the Vikings is not a great place to go. And when we have to depend on our defense and this, you know, it's it's noisy. But anyway, the bright spot for the defense is that they come out and they get after it. And Isaiah McDuffie, can we give him an award, a trophy? Um, he's definitely going to get some incentives paid, I would imagine, because he's playing a great game. But just when I looked at the opening part of this game, Tucker Craft, great catches. Jaden Reed. Stood. Romeo Dubs. Stood. Uh, and just how fantastic is it to see these young guns mature right in front of her eyes. And then, you know, Jordan Love is throwing again. Bo Melton comes down with a big grab early on. Um, especially when Aaron Jones kind of struggled at the beginning. Um, and then the first time he finds big yardage and he breaks off a big run. Who makes the key block? Malik Heath. You know? And if you go a little bit further on in this drive... Uh, it's a fourth offensive drive AJ Dillon rips off a big run and then Love is backpedaling and puts this lofty pass to Melton and it looks ridiculous um, but it's an absolutely great decision and then it gets the fourth and one and the pass to Melton and then he drops it but it's just the fact that it is very Farvian or Rogers-esque to be doing the things that he's doing and it's great to see Jordan Love spread the ball around and I have it all over my notes is that kudos needs to be given to the O-line first off uh, also the young receivers and running backs for breaking open those lanes. And then also that Jordan Love just looks cool. Collected cam. You know, um, he throws an absolute laser to Reed for a touchdown. Uh, and if you look at that play, Aaron Jones leaks out and he's wide open for the checkdown. But he doesn't go for the checkdown. He goes for the laser to Reed. And that's growth. And that's good play design. To have multiple players open on a play. Now, honourable mention needs to be given to the fact that the Vikings' offence was hopeless, largely. And that kind of bailed out our defence. And also, the Vikings' defence was pretty hopeless. So I don't think we should get her sort of carried away. But the things that you're looking for is Jordan Love spreading the ball around. Yes, is he calm? Yes, is the O-line doing what they should be doing? Yes. You know, are the other players coming out? Like, Tucker Craft has had an absolutely fantastic season since Musgrave went down. And I think had Musgrave not gone down who was a soldier, by the way, with that lacerated liver. Well, then you'd look at it and go, you know, is this another uh, Jay Sternberger, you know, guy who was sort of drafted high on, not really showing flashes? Tucker Craft has been a revelation. Um, So all throughout this game, from very early on, uh, Jordan Love and the offense uh, were doing great things. And look, there's a third and eight play. The play breaks down. Malik Heath gets open. And Love overthrows him. Uh, but I didn't feel that despair and anger that I would feel usually with Packers teams 
I just feel that that's been replaced with excitement now. And I think it's brilliant to see these players grow and that the expectation from Jordan Love and this offense isn't perfection anymore. That perfection expectation, which is difficult to say, is gone now. And I feel like I'm enjoying football more. And I'd like to ask you as an audience, I mean, do you feel that as well? Do you feel that your viewing experience has been enhanced? And I know like looking at Joe Barry's defense has been really frustrating. And even in that first half, you know, after we get the touchdown and Melton drops it on fourth and one, we give up two big passes, one to Jefferson, one to Addison. Um, But then straight after that, we see uh, Colby Wooden and Van Ness get a sack. And Keyshawn Nixon had a great game as well. And the Vikings had to, you know, go to the 54-yard field goal, something that Mason Crosby couldn't do for the Giants. Um, But it just sort of shows as well that if we saw a competent quarterback, he could definitely exploit this defense. But do you feel your viewing experience has changed? Sort of Joe Barry defense aside. Um, I feel it has. The defense has been frustrating, but to know that there's gems there in your offense, there's just some really good stuff. Like in the second quarter, um, Love hits a great pass to Reed on the sideline. And I believe that was third down, but Reed toe taps on the sideline and gets out. It just proves that Love is that guy, that Jaden Reed is that guy, that Tucker Craft is that guy. The O-line is doing a great job for Aaron Jones and for Jordan Love. Um, and then Love runs one in. Acrobatic play, fantastic play. He's triple teamed. He reaches across the goal line, breaks the plane. You know, just really good stuff. And of course, of course, we get the brain fart stuff. We get third and one. And should we just go for the easy one? No, it's a deep shot down the field uh, to Jaden Reed, which is a real throwback to the Mike McCarthy. Somehow I feel like and it's been happening a couple of weeks in a row now that there's been times it looks like Matt LaFleur's playbook. He was walking down the steps in, in Lambeau and he drops it and it gets all mixed up with some of Mike McCarthy stuff. Uh, but again, you know, Preston Smith knocks the ball out in the next play and Brooks recovers. And then Love to Dubs on the sideline. He stops the clock and it's a great pass and it's 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 good play design. Then he hits the read again and he just muscles his way in for the touchdown, which is just an incredible play. You know, so it's just this, it's absolute magic to me and it's fantastic to see. And yes, am I getting a bit carried away? Of course. Look, it's coming up to the end of the season and every single game the Packers are playing now is basically a playoff game. But then it's capped off. What's it capped off with? Carlson. Anders Carlson comes out and misses the extra point. The only player in the league this season to miss five extra points, which is just sort of typical of this Packers season, isn't it really? You know, like there's some really dynamite gold stuff in there. And then special teams comes out and makes an absolute balls of it. You know, Carlson comes out, misses the extra point. Now, it's not that big of a deal, right? The Packers trounce the Vikings. Uh, we see Clifford coming in at the end, who actually throws a bomb to Bowmelt at the very end, which just proves the Vikings' defense is horrendous. Um, and then they go four and out at the very end, not to sort of jump ahead in the narrative here. Um, you know, but sort of that's set up as well. If you look at the score, with you know, it ended with the Vikings with 10 points. Seven of those points were done because Samori Torre muffs the punt uh, coming up the end of the game in the fourth quarter. So special teams, again, proving that they're a mess. So seven out of the 10 points isn't actually being given up by defense. And if I may, at the end of the game, it's just super soft defense again. Now, it didn't matter, right? Because Mullins, who came on for Hall again, and that, that sort of proves it, right, is that you have two quarterbacks in for the Vikings. They've been an absolute nightmare. 
what have they had four quarterback changes since Kirk Cousins went down in that game that we went to see you know but it's just he's not good uh, Hall wasn't good and then they try play Wildcat and Slayton comes in and Munt goes in for the touchdown but again backed right up at the very end Um, another sort of pinpoint sign of because that's people are sort of joking and saying oh well here we go you know the defense really only gave up a field goal so you would have to say that joe barry three more years let's sign him up you know but it's first and 20 for the vikes it could become second and 28 then it becomes third and 14 at one stage and they complete the ball to jefferson in triple coverage and really it comes down to field position and vikings penalties um for the defense to make these plays there was good individual plays like I mentioned, Van Ness making the play, Preston Smith knocking the ball out, making a play. Jonathan Owens, who I'm not high on, uh, makes a great play. But then it's just interspersed again with some fantastic offensive play. Aaron Jones comes out, makes a 20-plus yard run, and then it's dropped right in for Dubs for a massive gain on the next play, and he drops it. So it just kind of shows that it's up and down. You know, great play from Aaron Jones, a veteran. Brilliant play from Jordan Love. Dubs is an absolute stud. And then he drops, not an easy one because it was a hard enough uh, play but then it's third and eight and Malik Heath comes in at the down marker it's just calm it's a clever play and I have here in um, red letters Jordan Love is just ice cold so again I say look honourable mention must be given uh, to the O-line but when you look at and then Bo Melton by the way goes in for the touchdown sublime sublime floated pass so what I'm seeing from Jordan Love is is massive progression what I'm seeing from this team is, is they've made themselves have a chance at the playoffs, which we did last year with Aaron Rodgers. So when you switch one quarterback in and one quarterback out, uh, when you look at the season, yes, it's been up and down. The defense has been awful. But in spite of all of that, we've put ourselves in a position that we're in last year, if not better. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would be spreading the ball around to all of these young guns and they would not be developing. Because had they make made a drop like Dubs made for that big gain, um, you would see the body language and you'd see him getting his ass chewed out by Aaron Rodgers. But what's the key to success? They respect the run game. AJ Dillon's in there. Aaron Jones is in there running off 20 plus yard runs. He was over 100 yards. At one point, it was 121 in the game. Um, over 120 yards for the game. Uh, Pre-snap motion. That's how that Bo Melton touchdown pass came about. Surprise, surprise. That's the Matt LaFleur modus operandi. You've got a competent running back got a competent run game. You've got an O-line and young receivers that can break open uh, running lanes. They can pass, protect well. Jordan Love is competent, even better than competent. He's able to make all the throws, sidearm stuff. He's able to run in himself. Pre-snap motion, boom, over 30 points. It's very easy. And that's exactly what we saw when Aaron Rodgers was at the helm. And I'm not dogging Aaron Rodgers here, by the way. But again, the narrative is, whether you like it or not, is that can we go, what did uh, Collinsworth call it during the game? A rebuild on the run. And dear God, have they done it? Now again, next year could be a disaster. And then we're all back to boo birds and all that kind of jazz. But for the moment, fantastic. Uh, rookies in there at all of the skill positions. Experience in there at running back. Patrick Taylor came in and did his job at the end of the game, grinding out the yardage. And Clifford goes and kneels it out. So... Here we are, folks. It's the new year. It's the 1st of January. And the Green Bay Packers have to win at home against the Chicago Bears, which is not going to be an easy task to go into the playoffs. Which is just amazing. And look, if the only thing that comes out of this, and hopefully we can get that win against the Bears, which is like a really, I'm not going to say an impossible game, but it's just, it's right up there, is that this gives this offense another chance 
because they've done a lot this season. They've started off strong. They went on a slide. They brought it back. They've matured and done better. They've really grown at all positions. Malik Heat's doing well. Bo Melton's doing well. Uh, Romeo Dubs is a stud. Uh, Jaden Reed is a revelation. Tucker Craft is a beast. And uh, Musgrave was an animal before he went out. Everyone's grown. Uh, Jordan Love is looking really calm and collected. He's making all the right decisions. He's not going to the checkdowns. He's uh, getting more accurate on his deep balls. Even though, of course, there's improvement there. But the team is improving as it goes. So now we've got two other chances. We have a win and in opportunity against the Bears, which will steal this team if they can do it. Could you imagine the morale boost that would be with the season and the narrative that has gone on? And we beat the Bears if it's possible. If not, learning experience, teaching moment. If it is, we've overcome a win and in situation. Talk about pressure cooker stuff. We're in a season where it's not seen as like, oh, well, you're expected to win this game. If this was Aaron Rodgers and the old, you know, Jordy Nelson, uh, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Adam, Adam, Alan Lazard, Adam Lazard, I've forgotten his name already, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tanyan. You know, if this was that old team, you'd think, yeah, well, of course, you'd have to win this after a bad season. Redeem yourself, lads. This is up to you. Jesus, if you miss this opportunity, you're trash. Whereas this time it's seen as, if we win this and get in, what an absolute bonus. We're playing with house money at this stage. So then we get in past that or we learn from it. And um, we, we would still chalk up the season, in my opinion, to say, yeah, look, we still had a chance at the playoff. Look at all of the stuff we've gained. And if we were to get into the playoffs, are we expecting to go to the Super Bowl? No, no way. However, it's another way for Jordan Love in his first year coming in with this brand spanking new offense and some second year guys and, of course, some of the veterans in there to experience playoff football, to get a taste of what that is like. And if you ask me, a team rebuilding as we have with the young players that we have to give them a flavor of success at the start, slippage, coming back, proving people wrong, winning a game that's winning in against all odds, uh, in the, in January, bad weather, all that jazz, you get into the playoffs and to taste that playoffs. And then either we get we go further, which is incredible, or we get dumped out and we go, okay, look what we can do when we're learning on the fly. What can we do with an extra year under our belt? I'm telling you now, folks, that is super exciting to me. And do I sound like a homer? Yeah. Look, every game is a playoff game now at this stage. At this stage, right, and this is the thing, and people were calling for Joe Barry's head. And apparently his contract is up. Now, I've asked people, where is the backup for that? But it's been said enough by the talking heads. So you'd imagine that it's true. And I, I heard someone say that, well, the assumption is, is, is it's true because you would give a, a coordinator three years and Joe Barry's running out. So if you would have sacked Joe Barry two games ago, what are you gaining? And it looks more inspired now. And you might go, well, how, Steve? Well, the defensive coordinator is going to do an awful lot more than show up on game day and call plays, even if they're bad plays. He's going to be getting people organized. He's going to be running the facility. He's going to be getting his coaches in line and getting them to do their bid and running. It's all very administrative. And that's what Matt LaFleur would have to do if he was to let Joe Barry go at this stage. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it at that stage? And you might go, well, it can't get any worse. Well, I guess it can. You know, you could be in the doldrums when it comes to just the organization standpoint. Imagine trying to train at this point in the season. 
the underling coaches to say, right, he's gone now. You don't have a direct report. So now you have to report to me. I'm going to try to do my best with the offense because the defense has been a straight liability up to now. And we've seen that in what the Panthers were able to do or not do this week, which just proves that it was a shocking defensive performance. But at least to have someone in there as an administrator to do the stuff. Just get people in line. Get the meetings running as they should. Uh, and then we'll talk about it after that point. Now, is it massive incompetence if they keep Joe Barry after the season? You, Jesus, yeah. You would imagine so. Um, and that's everybody's nightmare, I guess. But again, could someone... Mike Daniels said it in a tweet. Since he's been there, if people remember Mike Daniels, and he was a beast. He was Rasha and Gary... If you were to, like, honey, I shrunk the defensive player. Just a small squat wrestler type. You know, and he was saying, how come the defense has been poor even when I was there? And he was screaming for people to have a more dogged attitude. So, look, it you know, it could get worse next year. Um, I don't think, I think there'll be uproar. There'll be people, you know, burning effigies if, uh, if it goes any further with Joe Barry. But I understand the decision not to let him go. So you get to the playoffs and hopefully that's not your Achilles heel. And you would imagine it is. Why would it change? Or imagine Joe Barry is just amazing in the playoffs. But look, how much hope do we have and how bright is the future potentially? I'm very excited and I'm losing the run of myself. So we better end the podcast here. But look, make it one of yours New Year's resolutions to join Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Get onto the gold tier and you can win absolutely mind-bending merch. And every single month you get two things. You get entered into the draw to win three prizes. Really expensive, really rare signed prizes for Packers merch. And you also get put into a monthly draw that I do uh, sort of coinciding with that Patreon draw for you to get picked for your name to go into that draw, to go to Lambeau Field, all expenses paid on our annual trip in 2024. The, obviously, the longer you're in it, the more chances you have to win. So let's just explain it to you. You get in in January, you get drawn in January, you get drawn in February, you get drawn in March, you get drawn in April, and that goes all the way to August. So if you get in in January, and you have to be in by the end of month, the end of month January, you get in, you will have eight chances to give your name drawn, which means that your name could come out every single month up to August and then you will have eight entries in that final draw and this trip is worth well over £2,000 and you're getting in for a tenner. So make it your New Year's resolution to put this on your list and change your life with this trip and to put it into perspective if it's a tenner and this trip is worth over 2000 quid, you would have to be a member for 200 months which is what 20 years? And then you would not get your money back. But I guarantee you, if you're in for 20 years, you are going to get that trip to Lambeau Field. The more people that join and the more money that we get in, well, then hopefully the more people we can send to Lambeau Field because I pump all of that money uh, back into the fan club to try bring people over or bring in signed merch and all that good stuff. But anyway, that's your New Year's resolution. That's your homework. Go Pack Go. Let's beat the Bears. I'll be back with quick snapage for your big package later on in the week. But until then, go Pack Go.